Uh, what a rush. Yeah, you guessed it. I'm the fantasy manager of the Doomsday Device and the Legion of Doom Fantasy Football League. I'm Ben McCarthy, the greatest 0-3 team in the history of fantasy football. But I'm not here to talk about fantasy football, about how bald Adam Graham is, to cut promos, or how bad even his trades are. No, I'm here to talk about the Plowball Radio Podcast. Find us on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast. We talk about Jesus Christ, we talk about theology, we talk about scripture, we talk about church culture, and we even talk about other things. Bradley rants about who knows what, Derek talks about food, and they're really good food takes, believe it or not. And yeah, sometimes I even like to bring up some wrestling. And we even look at memes and stuff, and we post it on our social media page, just what you need to follow. So yeah, come check us out. Leave a like, share it. And I hope you enjoy our podcast, and I just want to appreciate Marcus and BJ for allowing me to advertise on their podcast, even though I'm the greatest dynasty manager of all time. So yeah, for all of our league mates that are listening to this, well, you know what's going to happen. You're going to fall to the doomsday device. Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty league. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent. I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Raper. What's up, man? What's going on? How's life been for you this past week? Man, been uh, been pretty good. Uh I've uh, realized how old I am. I had to help my dad lay some floor the other uh, two days yesterday and uh, can't move. Uh, legs are sore, can't get up and down. So uh, age is, is kicking in. And then I'm currently uh, trying to get somebody to prescribe me some nitrate pills uh, for, for the weekends uh, because with the with the games, with the old Miss game being as close as it was and Mason Crosby missing like 47 field goals, me being a Packers fan and then, you know me winning my my fantasy matchup by one point five points this week. Uh, I'm having heart trouble, so <laughs> I, I get that. Trust me. Uh, that's one thing I was going to bring up here in a little bit was that uh, the Ole Miss big win against Arkansas. It's a close one. Let's just call it that. And then uh, the Alabama loss. But I'll wait till we get our special guest on, and we'll let him weigh in on those topics because I know that uh, I know that he'll be very intrigued by that. Uh, yeah, my, my, my life this week, man, it's been eventful. I've uh, been battling a sickness the past couple of days. So if you guys hear me cough, mind your business, get over it. I ain't got COVID, so leave me alone. Uh, and so before we get started, I want to take this time and thank the listeners for tuning in and helping us grow. Man, over the past couple of weeks, we've seen our numbers skyrocket. Uh, and so just thank you guys for the listens and stuff. We're going to try to continue to improve, continue to just have fun, continue to just uh, – Man, just have two guys that normally have football takes every week. We talk on the cell phone, talk about it and stuff. We're just going to turn into a podcast. See what's up. Uh, we also want to take this time and thank our second favorite podcast, Plowboy Radio, for the kind words on their most recent podcast about us here at Legacy of Legends. So shout out to Ben, Derek, and Bradley for the love. If you guys are looking for a good podcast to unwind after a busy day, 
and hear some hilarious dudes give some good, sound, theological points. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Um, Marcus, I don't know if you heard this past week, but uh, Bradley on his Brad rant, uh, you you gave him the mission to uh, talk bad about fantasy football. And he said that he had nothing bad to say about fantasy football and that even though he doesn't care about it, he still listens to our podcast every single second of it. So I thought that was some kind words there. I actually haven't had a chance to listen this week, uh, but but I need to do that before the new one comes out. But Bradley had reminded me that he didn't think that we would challenge him on not liking fantasy football, but the year that he played with us, he didn't win a game. So I'd actually <laughs> forgot about that. Bradley brought it up. He went over in the in the league. So uh, that's that's pretty cool, man. Thank you all for, for shouting us out. Yeah, absolutely. So a uh, quick note real quick, guys, before we get started. Today's episode will be a little bit different. Uh, we wanted to reformat our podcast and make it more geared around the general public's ear while still taking or talking about our home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom. We're going to shorten our matchups in home dynasty league and talk, uh, take out the segment about our weekly report card. Legion of Doom managers can see this information in the sleeper app, so no need to worry. It's still there. Also, when we say shorten our matchups, we mean that we'll recap three studs, three duds, somewhere around there from each team. We'll talk about how the matchup ended each week. We'll talk about their current record and who they face the next week. And also we'll give uh, some takes on our uh, thoughts on some certain players on the team, stuff like that. Uh, so jumping into it, man, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Uh, let's welcome in our special guest for episode five, Robbie, the Godfather, Harris. What's up, Robbie? What's up, boys? <laughs> What's, What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if y'all don't know, we call Robbie the Godfather because he is uh, the lead guy over the Mississippi Mafia disc golf uh, club, I guess you would say. And so Robbie is a, a great dude. He's uh, big into disc golf community here in Northeast Mississippi. Uh, one of the biggest guys I know in fantasy football. Uh, super, super, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Extounded? I don't know if that's a word. Uh, knows a lot, let's just say that. Uh, amazing, so, amazing see, work. There you go. There amazing. you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we jump into our segments, let's give the listeners uh, a chance to learn a little bit more about you, Robbie. Uh, so, man, just introduce yourself real quick. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I could follow that introduction. Like, I'm uh, feel like I'm under the gun right now. But uh, <laughs> Godfather of Mississippi Mafia, you know. I ju- we just retired from disc golf, so that's kind of a thing, but it's not really no more. I know Marcus, uh, he's thrilled to hear that little thing, but we- we're gonna get the encore. <laughs> one, one, one more. So, uh, my wife Cassie, we uh, we started a few years ago, and we've grown it pretty much, you know, biggest thing, uh, North Mississippi and disc golf, so we like that. But, uh, we've been married 20 years, we've got three kids, uh, I've that's about it for me. I don't like giving out a lot of, you know, info. Don't want people to oh, have yeah. ammo on me. <laughs> hey, stay off the grid, bro. Man, yeah. Fly low. Uh, I just like, you know, winning at everything I do, and fantasy football is one of those. Man, so speaking of fantasy football, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Oh, man. Let's see. I started, let's see, Kurt, Kurt Warner's big year. What was that? 98 99 maybe <laughs> golly i think it was 99 i think that was the the greatest show on turf that pretty sure super bowl that year yeah i'm pretty sure that was my first year now, hey man if it makes you feel better i was, I was like seven years old then so 
Yeah, it makes me feel amazing. But yeah, back then we had to, uh, I remember the specifics, we had to wait till the Wednesday paper came out to get all the stats because we had to write it in a notebook. But yeah, yeah. thanks thanks not, for that. You're welcome, man. <laughs> uh, I, I get the notebook thing. Uh, growing up, my dad, we didn't do fantasy football, but we did like pick each week. And then so my dad would have to get the paper out, write each and every NFL and college football game for that week. And then our family would choose who we thought would win that week. And so I know all about the hard work there. Uh, I thought you were supposed to tell us your dad was a, was a bookie. <laughs> oh, you know, that was a side job. He was a wrestler there at, uh, at Skyline. So there's some, there's some takes there. Uh, but, Robbie, how many leagues are you currently in, man? I'm in 12 right now. So kind of a slow year. A slow year? <laughs> yeah, I'm usually in like 16 or so, but I, I started a new job, so yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in nine, and sometimes it's a, it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, Marcus actually texted me, what, two weeks ago, Marcus wanted me to take over an orphan team, and I was like, I just can't do it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they was looking looking for somebody to take over one in the Yellowstone League. They already got a which is it? Yeah, Steven, Steven sent it out, I think. I think somebody's already took it. I, I'm pretty sure, but it, uh, the you know that my fantasy league app is the greatest app ever. If you can't hear my sarcasm, <laughs> that was like half the reason I wouldn't, I wouldn't move it. Move it, to, <laughs> move it to sleeper. That's it. Everything should be on sleeper. I agree. Yeah, I, think, just, I think most of the ESPN leagues that I'm in this year, I think we're going to end up moving over to sleeper next year. Yeah. All right, so Robbie, let's talk about fantasy football trades for a minute, man. Uh, if I was to ask you, what's your holy grail of fantasy football trades? What's the one trade that surpasses all others that you ever made? What would you say? Mm. Uh, probably the one me and Marcus just did. I feel like I came out pretty good. Or, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I traded Matt Hasselbeck for Michael Vick back in the oh. day. I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. yeah, it was like 2005, I think, something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you there. Uh, that's probably back when let's say Vic was on the the Falcons end, right? Yeah, he was a dirty bird. That's big, you know. I'm a Seahawks fan, so I was kind of not wanting to let him go, but I was glad I did. I, I get that. That was a that was a good trade, man. I remember back uh, playing Madden in the late 2000s, uh, oh, and that was dude, he was a cheat code. Uh, yeah, so definitely. Let's, Let's put the let's take the flip side of that. What's the one trade that still haunts you to this day that you made? Uh, oh man, I don't make bad trades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. Uh, this is about the same year, maybe in the year after that. I traded LT with Daniel Tomlinson for Cadillac Williams. Mm. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one stings. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Well, Cadillac Williams, dude, he was the one guy that, like, I remember back whenever he left college and was going to NFL. I was like, man, this dude's going to be something. Because he played for the Bucs, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought that dude was, like, a, a, a great, like, great running back. I remember he had a lot of, like, highlights of him hurdling people and stuff like that. He's one of those guys you look back at, like, man, what could have been? Yeah, yeah. I think he needed a committee like he had in college. You know, he had, uh, who was it, Ronnie Brown in Auburn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think he can handle the whole workload. He'd probably do yeah. all right now. 
he turned out as about as about as good as Trent Richardson did. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely wasn't no LT. <laughs> no, no, I don't know of many people that was. No. They look like a fullback and run a four-four. I mean, it's just uh, yeah, he he was one of a kind. Yeah. All right, so uh, like I said earlier in the message, I got to ask you guys. I know y'all are two big old Miss fans. Uh, how scared were y'all whenever Arkansas started getting that momentum there in the last drive, and then they said, "Hey, we're going to go for two. If they would have run the ball when they went for two, Ole Miss would have lost. Uh, I, I was actually at Triston's baseball game, so I almost felt bad. I'm trying to watch him play baseball, and I've got I've done run my phone dead watching the game, so I've got Lawan's phone like watching the phone with one hand and trying to peek around the phone, watch Tristan play. And all the coaches was asking, like, what's happened? And uh, and when they when they scored and I seen that they didn't run the field goal team out, I was like, we're beat. Quarterback's just going to run the ball. I mean, we ain't stopped him all day. And they throw the ball, and I'm like, what in the world was you thinking? Yeah, honestly, I was, I was happy they went for two before they missed it because I just wanted the game to be over. I didn't want another seven overtime type thing like we always yeah. do them. <laughs> nope. So I'd have been happy either way, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. It was one of those games where, like, I flipped it on, I think, uh, in the middle of the third quarter or something. And, dude, the quarterback for uh, for Arkansas, though, he wasn't that bad. Uh, I think he's a Mississippi boy as well, right? Yeah, I think he's from San Antonio. I believe yeah. that's what they said. Yeah, I think yeah, they said he played, like, North Panola or somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah he's got yeah. a little, little uh, Kyler Murray type game. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's built like Cam Newton, though. That's what's crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think he says like 250 and running over folks. Mm. So, Robbie, I know this was a hot topic on your Facebook page this past week. Uh, what did you think about that <laughs> Alabama-Texas A&M game? The Bama A&M game? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I didn't really care who won that game. But – my Facebook, if you go back two weeks ago when Alabama beat Ole Miss, I took so much crap from all these Alabama fans. So I can give just as good as I get. So mm-hmm. as soon as that happened, it was on. And uh, that dude, I've I've learned my lesson with <laughs> where I, I made that mistake back in I think it was 2014. Uh, me and my wife were on our anniversary trip, and I had talked so much junk and stuff and that that. <laughs> That anniversary trip was ruined, I think, because of a guy who was a Bo Wallace or somebody. But, uh, yeah, man. I remember one year, I don't know if it was 14 or 15, I walk in church after the game. BJ sitting in the sound booth, and he's like, uh-uh, nope. Don't, don't even. He, said, he said, we're at church. He said, we're here for Jesus. Don't even. I was, I was like, all right, BJ. Hey, man, you got to play that Jesus card when you have it. You, you don't know how to lose, though. Alabama fans do not know No, how to they lose. have no clue how, know how to lose. Hey, no. Those I guys that I was talking about are not on my Facebook anymore. <laughs> they all blocked me and unfriended <laughs> me and everything else. It's just insane. You know, I will say, though, man, uh, talking about, like, you know, we are a dynasty uh, podcast and stuff like that. Isaiah Spiller, that running back for Texas A&M, uh, he didn't put up just a great day or nothing because I think he ended up having, like, a what was it, a bruised tailbone or something. Uh, but dude looked good when he was out there, and they're saying he's going to be one of the top two running backs in this 2022 class. So somebody keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, he looks all right. I just think y'all got out coached. Oh, 100. <laughs> which is weird coming from Jimbo Fisher. It very much so. I was that was not the assistant I expected to beat Saban. 
No, like Lane that... Kiffin, cool. Kirby Smart, cool. Like Jimbo Fisher, man. Get, get oh, that crap out of Lord. Here. He might be an LSU Tiger next year. That's probably one of the least talented defenses that Alabama will play this year. But the scheme, just like I said with Ole Miss, blitz, put pressure on a freshman quarterback, and yep. nobody's done it yet. So they've, they've shown their weakness. Nope. Yeah, they'll win out, though. Like, I looked at their schedule. You know, they got pretty soft schedule remaining as far as Alabama goes. Like, yes. who's the hardest? Sorry. Arkansas, maybe the hardest game? That's it. I feel sorry for State this weekend. Oh, I don't, Lord. They're, they're going to hang 100 on them if they can. Saban's peed off. <laughs> and and uh, I never pull for State in a game unless they pull for, you know, they play LSU. But I'm actually pulling for State this weekend. It's kind of weird. I, I, can't really I, can't believe, win. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, we, yeah. It's, we got we to gotta yeah. document it and everything. Uh, don't pull a Gruden on me. Don't bring this up 10 years later. <laughs> hey, you, you wait and see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. So, we'll move forward. Uh, me and Marcus, we want to recap our review of our must-starts, must-sits uh, back from week five real quick. It's just two people real fast. Uh, Marcus, who was your must-start for week five, and how did that turn out for you? Uh, he he met his projections. I told you to start Devontae Smith. Uh, he, he wasn't really a, a boom uh, he also drew a big pass interference call. I was watching the game on the red zone that set up a one-yard touchdown that actually helped the Eagles out. And I think he uh, he's, he looks like one of Hurts' favorite targets. So going forward, uh, I, he's he's becoming you know a must start each week. Yeah, I know. Uh, my must start last week was Lavisca Chenault. Uh, man, he didn't do crap. He had one <laughs> he had one reception for fifty-eight yards. And so I'm just going to start off by saying this. Number one, I blame Urban Meyer. Uh, I guess he was pre too preoccupied with the week prior to the game with his recent bad publicity. If you haven't watched that video, I would probably say go check it out. Uh, Chanel had like an okay day, like I said. Uh, he only got six uh, PPR points. He got seven in Legion of Doom for the 40-plus yard reception. Uh, but I do think that, you know, Chanel, he is an elite after the catch runner as far as wide receiver goes. Uh, but I will say this, Myron needs to get his crap together and pushing off the ball some more, uh, especially since Chark's out for the season. Uh, Marcus, how was your must-sit last week and how did it turn out? Well, if you listen to me this week, you're happy. Uh, I told everybody to sit CEH. He was kind of sharing time with Williams. Uh, he ended up this week with just over three points. He was held at 13 yards on the ground and one catch. Uh, he went down, though, to a pretty scary injury. i seen the update this week. I think he's going to be out, what they say, six to eight weeks maybe uh, in the third, late in the third quarter. But uh, Buffalo dominated Kansas City on defense, I think, going forward. Uh, that front, man, you, you got to be careful with with any running back that you start. Uh, but I, I, like I said, CEH, even, even when he comes back, Kansas City just looks to be – you know, wanting to get Williams involved in that offense. So this is yeah. probably my favorite favorite time in the show, BJ. Who was your must sit? <laughs> All right, so this is becoming like my my least favorite subject uh, <laughs> ever, and I hate this segment. We're probably going to remove it in the future. But uh, I said to sit Mike Williams, and I just want to start off by saying I take it back. I regret this decision, and I've learned my lesson. Uh, after only putting up a mere two points, in week four, Williams saw a season high, 16 targets. He had eight receptions, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. 
uh, in Legion of Doom, he posted a career-high 40 fantasy points. And so I know they always say start your studs. Uh, I guess I should have listened. Uh, I don't ever, I don't have any Mike Williams shares, but if you listen to me and you lost your matchup, uh, too bad. Sorry. Uh, so, what were you saying? From, from now on, BJ's must sit is your must start. So if BJ oh, says well, yeah. sit somebody, start him. One hundred percent. I think I think this week's must sit may be okay, but for after this week, then absolutely. BJ's must sit this week is somebody who's injured, so <laughs> he, he he guarantees you they won't score any points. All right, so let's get into our week five matchups in Legion of Doom. So we have our home dynasty league, Legion of Doom, is made up of a variety of people. We have close friends, a father son duo, brothers and laws, and some preachers and deacons in it. We all got together to play in a 10-team, one-quarterback PPR Dynasty League that started back in January of last year. Uh, so each week, we'll recap our matchups in this brief format that will still be enjoyable for the average listener. So what we'll do is basically just talk studs and does of each matchup. And so first off, in the first matchup of the week in Legion of Doom, we had Marcus's Stinger Splash versus Kelby's Rock Bottom. Uh, this matchup actually started with a quick change in the lineup on Saturday as Stinger Splash traded away Aaron Jones to RKO for Antonio Gibson and a 2022 third-round pick. We'll talk more about this trade at the end of the matchup since we actually have both of those people here on the podcast. Uh, but the top performers for Stinger Splash was Devontae Adams with 38 fantasy points. You had Robert Woods with 27 fantasy points. Chase Claypool with 25 fantasy points. And Antonio Gibson with 21 fantasy points. Top disappointments for Stinger Splash was Kyler Murray with only 13 fantasy points. Darren Waller with only eight fantasy points, and Alex Collins with nine fantasy points. Uh, top performers on the other side for rock bottom was Tom Brady with 49 fantasy points. It's crazy. Austin Eckler with 30 fantasy points, and DK Metcalf with 26 fantasy points. Top disappointments for rock bottom was Miles Sanders with 10 fantasy points, Jalen Waddle with five fantasy points, and Odell Beckham Jr. with only four fantasy points. And so the game actually came down to a matter of 1.5 points as Stinger Splash escaped with a victory over Rock Bottom of 176 to 175 thanks to an Austin Eckler fumble that took away two points. Uh, Stinger Splash is now 4-1 and one and will face Mitchell's newly rebranded team next week. And Rock Bottom is now 2-3, and three and they will face Greg's broke kick next week. So two things real quick, guys, as far as conversation goes. Uh, first off, can we both agree that Tom Brady's the GOAT? I don't think there's any question on it. Uh, the dude's, what, 44 years old and and still leading the league, you know, on a lot of weeks. Uh, I think if you, you know, if you've got any debate for any other quarterback, uh, you're just a hater. <laughs> and I've, I've been that hater before, so I, I get it. Uh, Robbie, Robbie, what's your take? Yeah, I agree with everything Marcus said. I was a hater too in New England, but it seems like he's a different guy in Tampa Bay. He's more likable to me. Yeah, but, you know, he, he gets, he's got that Tampa mentality now. Yeah, yeah. He's grown on me. I can I can definitely say that. I like him. It's because Bill Belichick ain't there. True. That's a good point. It's kind of like Nick Saban. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Robbie, let me ask you this, man. Where does DK fall in your dynasty rankings? Where do you think he's up there as far as wide receivers go? Uh... Well, he was definitely top five till Wilson went down, but I would still say he's top ten. Like, yeah. I don't think Geno's going to hurt him that bad. Uh, 
Gino's going to hurt the other guys more than he's going to hurt Metcalf. Metcalf's just too big of a, a monster for him to hurt. Yeah, and I know if you watch the game Thursday night, uh, man, Gino, he he was looking DK's way a lot. And yeah. so if they uh, if they come out throwing, that's what they're going to be doing. I know people used to say, let Russ cook. Uh, so the, the Twitter hashtag is going around right now, let Gino cook. <laughs> but the thing the thing about DK, like Robbie said, he's such a big body. He's a possession receiver, so he doesn't have to have a lot of separation. I mean, you put the ball his way, and he's he's kind of, you know, like basketball backing the guy down to, to go up and get the ball anyway. So uh, if Gino puts it in the in the area, DK is going to go get it. But that's the thing, though, too, man. Like, he's got that track star speed as well, though. So he can go over oh, the yeah. top if he needs to. Yeah. All right, Marcus, let's go over that week two matchup, or that uh, second matchup of the week. All right, so we got BJ's Sweet Chin Music uh, coming in at two and two versus Greg's Bro Kick coming in at two and two as well as both teams are looking to get over 500. Uh, some top performers from Sweet Chin was Lamar Jackson's OMG uh, 50 fantasy point performance, uh, Najee Harris with 22 fantasy points, C.D. Lamb with 20 points, uh, some disappointments from Sweet Chin's team, though, was Noah Fant. only had five. Tyler Boyd put up only six. And uh, Chenault only having seven fantasy points. Uh, some of Brogue kicks over performers was Jonathan Taylor with a huge week, uh, with 33 points. Kareem Hunt, 25 points. Uh, Jamar Chase looking like a stud with 29 points. Kyle Pitts with 26, finally showing up. Some underperformers, though, was D.J. Moore with his first mediocre week at eight points, and Jacoby Myers only having nine points. Broke kick takes the win, moving to three and two. Taking on a tough matchup and rock bottom next week, Sweet Chin falls to two and three and faces the number one RKO. So, can we stop calling Lamar running back now? Dude, the guy threw for, what was it, like 400 and almost 40 yards? Is that right? I think it was like 440. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I'm – Lamar, he's come a long way this year. I will say that. Uh, he's one of those quarterbacks where you either love him because he don't give a crap or you hate him because he's not really a true quarterback, as they say. Uh, me, personally, having him on my dynasty team, I want him to do good. Uh, I think that the reason that he didn't run the ball a lot in this past week is because, honestly, Indianapolis came out at the Ravens' throat, man. Uh, they came out shooting. And so Lamar had to do something to get back. Uh, I will say this, though. If he is looking at as far as a better passer and everything, wait till this dude gets Rashad Bateman back uh, this coming up week, hopefully. Uh, Rashad Bateman's a big body guy, and I think he's going to end up doing good. Uh, what's, your, what's your take, Robbie? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Watkins went down pretty early in that game, didn't he? Yeah, he went down, but first quarter. So I think Bateman, if he comes back, he's going to walk into a role for sure. But more importantly, I'm looking at uh, BJ's team here. Both his running backs are last name Harris. And I can't, you know, I can't, I can't get past that, man. It's like I don't know, man. Kind of, you know, you give me a little love there with the with the Harris running backs. You know, man. I think I think the <laughs> most important part, most important part is if you don't know, is Damian Harris and Najee Harris, and they both, <laughs> they both came from Alabama. And, yeah, uh, that's, that's that's what happens there. Yeah, that's where my uh, that's where my dad moved when he got divorced from my mom. So it might be a little kin. I don't know. Yeah, you never know, man. It could be like yeah. a, a like a second cousin or something. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, we look like. <laughs> is there a starting back in the NFL that didn't come from Alabama? <laughs> yeah, about, about 
A good ones, yes. Bad Alex ones, Collins. Man. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. <laughs> so the third uh, matchup that we'll cover real quick is going to be Adams Hitman Sharpshooters at two and two versus versus Mitchell's Shattered Dreams at three and one. Uh, Shattered Dreams actually changed his name this past week to become Vertebrae by choice and not a wager, which we'll prelude to that here in a little bit. Uh, so he is now the Vertebraker, which is, if you don't know, the Hurricanes finishing move. Uh, so Sharpshooter coming off into his matchup off a win at 2-2, two and two, and Vertebraker came in at 3-1 and one on a three-game winning streak, looking to keep it alive. And so let's break down Sharpshooter's matchup or his performance real quick. So his overperformer on the week or top performers were DeAndre Hopkins putting up 20 fantasy points. All I can say is it's about time DeAndre Hopkins got back in sync with uh, Kyler Murray after that first week one awesome performance and then kind of fell off. Uh, Adam actually started Hayden Hurst at tight end. He actually put up 10 points. That was surprising to me. Uh, and then also he had uh, Cordell Patterson still producing and actually was Adam's week five MVP putting up 18 points uh, in that matchup. I think it was in London, right? And then yeah. the underperformers of the week was Mahomes with a surprise bad night of 21 fantasy points. Now, I know it may come as a surprise saying that, you know, 21 fantasy points from a quarterback's a bad night, uh, but you're expecting at least 30 from Mahomes, especially in this format where they get extra points for long touchdowns. Uh, Marvin Jones only put up three points, and Tyree Kill only put up 14 once again. Those long touchdowns. Uh, Vertebreaker, his overperformers of the week was Derrick Henry, which was his week five MVP, uh, 31 fantasy points. James Robinson continues to impress with 22 fantasy points. And Hollywood Brown with 35 fantasy points. I know not a lot of people saw Hollywood coming out Monday night and having that crazy game. Uh, Underperformers of the week for Mitchell's team was A.J. Green, only putting up two fantasy points. Scary Terry, only putting up eight. And Kirk Cousins only putting up 15. Uh, Sharpshooter drops the ball, moves to two and three, and takes on Ben's team. We'll just say that. We'll talk about his name here in a little bit. Uh, Vertebraker takes four in a row and looks to put the hurt on Stinger Splash next week. Uh, so, Robbie, let me ask you this question, man. I just talked about Corderell Patterson. What's your take on him, man? Is he the, is he the sleeper of the year so far? He is. He's the sleeper of the year, but I think I really think he's going to fall off. You know, Ridley was out, and they had a weak matchup in London against the you know the Jets of all people. So yeah, I think he's going to fall off. I actually tried to trade for him this week, and uh, you know he declined it like everybody else declines all my trades. But uh, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I think he's going. I think he's going to actually fall off. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys, too. I just want to make this quick note that if, like, if you drafted him and redraft or picked him up over that week one performance or whatever, then, like, play that dude. You know, take take those points and stuff. Put him in that place position. But if you got this guy in Dynasty, dude, you better trade him, like, ASAP. You know, yep. if you got a, if you got a win-now team, cool, ride it out a little bit. But before this season's over with, trade this guy while his value is at peak. Uh, what were you going to say, Marcus? I drafted Mike Davis in three leagues. So, as Robbie says, he's going to fall off. Let's hope that sooner than later uh, because it's it's killing my Mike Davis. Uh, I drafted him as, as like a running back two in one league, and, man, he's not doing anything. Patterson's taking all of his carries, and especially like I knew down at the end zone. I was like, they're going to – you know, Davis, big-body dude. I mean, they're giving the ball to Patterson at the, at the end zone. So, he needs to hurry up and fall off. I think Davis will come around. He's getting what 80% of the snap shares in the backfield. I he think is. Right. Yeah. 
And that's what's crazy. If you look at the snap shares of Cordell Patterson, man, like he's getting like 36%, 40%. And so, like, he's efficient with what he gets. But the thing about it is, like, like what Robbie said, if you're only getting that amount of work, then eventually you're going to fall off. I think um, it's in the Yellowstone League, which is the My Fantasy League. Again, the greatest fantasy league app ever. Uh, you can't even start that dude as a running back. They still got him as a receiver only, don't they? Yeah, they do. I think uh, – I want to say, is ESPN the same way? I think ESPN's got him as a RBN receiver, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll have to look check that. But Yeah, I know Sleeper, Sleeper has that dual position thing. I like that. Uh, yeah. So, what shall I take right now on Mahomes? I know he hasn't had a great couple of weeks and stuff. Uh, let's just say this. If you got him in Dynasty, are you trying to sell high on Mahomes or are you trying to – trying to hold on to him. I think he's going to come around. Uh, It's just kind of, you know, kind of scary. You've seen those, those quarterbacks has had two or three great years and then they just on a steady decline. Uh, I will say as, as far as, you know, uh, CEH being hurt, uh, they're doubling Hill and, and Kelsey. I think if they, and, and they got Josh Gordon, but I think if they would get him that third weapon, it'd put him back where he needed to be. Yeah, I actually just sold him uh high. I think uh I think you're finna see what happens when you give a, a quarterback, you know, half your salary cap. It's gonna be just like what happened in Seattle. We can't get a defense because we can't pay anybody, can't get an offensive line. So I think uh I think you're finna see what happens when you pay the guy. I agree. And that's one of those things, man, like with Mahomes value, especially like me and Robbie were just talking about Mahomes value in the Superflex Dynasty League. And, like, a lot of people say, like, if you're selling Mahomes, you're getting a still a good quarterback, like a tier two quarterback, and still trying to get, like, at least two first-round picks from him just because of his value and stuff. But the thing about it is, is not a lot of people is wanting to pay that. Uh, so, if you are trying to sell him this stuff, you got to find the right guy to do it. Just looking, uh, Patterson is actually listed in ESPN as only a running back. So, no. to update that. Nah, so, Marcus, what's that third – or? Fourth matchup, like fourth matchup is uh, big diamond cutter uh, versus RKO. Uh, diamond cutter come in at zero and four. RKO coming in at three and one. Uh, diamond cutter looking for his first win. And Robbie uh, with RKO sitting at the top of the league with three and one and the most points scored. Uh, diamond cutter's top performers of the week is Josh Allen uh, with an MVP performance of forty six points. Uh, Mike Williams which, again, was BJ's set of the week, scoring 40 points. And Josh Jacobs was 16 points. The disappointments was Cole Beasley only putting up one. A.J. Brown still struggling with only six points. And Gasecki uh, with eight points. RKO's top performers was Zeke, uh, which I said was Robbie's MVP of the week. He wasn't the highest score, but, man, Zeke looks dominant. Uh, Evans had 29 points. Nick Chubb with 26 uh, the disappointments was Thielen uh, for the first week. He's had a, a bad week with six points. Stafford only had 19, uh, and Higby with nine points. Diamond Cutter falls to 0-5 and, and faces the recently hot Mandible Claw next week. RKO is now 4-1 and one and stays on top, looking to keep it going versus your commish, Sweet Chin Music. Uh, so now, BJ, I think it's time to talk about the Jones for Gibson trade. Uh, Robbie, how you how you feel you come out on that trade? Uh, I was actually surprised you took it, honestly, with you being a Packer. You know, we talked about that in the chat, you being a Packer guy. So I know I had to juice it up a little with the pick. 
But uh, just me personally, I had a lot of shares of Gibson, and I didn't want you know more than I could handle. And he has that fractured uh, shin bone right now, and he's kind of scaring me with that. With a real three hard three game stretch coming up, I can't remember exactly who they were, but it's some beast defenses he's been to face. But uh, I mean. I like Aaron Jones. I'm not crazy about it, but it was just like a a trade to get me, you know, not as involved with Antonio Gibson as I was. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. That's one of those. Uh, that's one of those things we're trying to diversify your portfolio, as they say. Right, um, and I, I didn't draft him either. You know, I made the preseason trade for with Ceh for Gibson, and uh, you know, my gut. The right there where I was drafting that, it was like dead, you know, that running back dead spot with like, you know, like Mike Davis and all the guys. So I just took the biggest name and the guy that, you know, had the highest floor and tried to get rid of him before the season started. So that worked out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think going forward, it'll help both teams. I think Jones for the now is probably week to week the better back. Uh, I think, you know, one of them's 26, one of them's 23. So Gibson's probably got a little more in the future. But that injury was the same with me. I looked at it and looked at it, but I know going forward I need some youth. Uh and and this week it didn't seem to hurt him too bad. Uh my my reason for trading is I had Jones and Adams and I'd talked about it uh I think on Facebook I'd put a post out. Do you want a stack or you know, a receiver and a running back like that? I think Jones and Adams is fine to do that with. Uh but when you're near the end zone, you know, every week you're you're looking for who's going to get the touchdown, and it, you know with the Packers it's going to be Adams or or Jones, but uh, you know you're losing on one of those. So I kind of wanted to get away from having two stud Packer players on my fantasy team, and and Gibson I think is going to work out well. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a good trade for both sides, really. It was, yeah, they too. I think it was very fair. <clears throat> so on to the main event, BJ. All right, so the main event of the week, like I said, in Legion of Doom, it is a wrestling-based uh, dynasty league. Uh, this is kind of our theme. Uh, so what we do is we have a main event every week where we basically just uh, send out uh, little digital images of match cards. And this week's <clears throat> this week's main event or matchup of the week was none other than the Battle of the Rebrand, as we're calling it. Uh, Derek's Mandible Claw at 2-2 two and two versus Ben's Doom Day Device at 1-3. and three. So first off, we have to give a little context here and why we're calling it the Battle of the Rebrand. Okay? Uh, so the reason that I, as a commish, chose this one as our matchup of the week is because we have some trash talk this week. Uh, if you guys don't know Ben and, and Derek, uh, they are two guys from our church, and uh, they are actually on a, uh, a theological podcast, Power Radio podcast. And so they were talking junk in the sleeper chat all week long. Uh, I think they did that intentionally to get made at the end of the week. Uh, but basically, they were talking junk and everything, saying they were going to beat one of the teams because they were both, what, Derek was two and two, Ben was one and three. Uh, but it all kind of led up to this big moment in the trash talk of Ben uh, actually uh, proposed a bet to Derek where the winner gets to rebrand and rename the loser. So basically, whoever won this matchup got to choose the name, however embarrassing, for the loser. Let's go over this matchup real quick. Top performers for Mandible Claw. You had Justin Herbert, who put up 54 fantasy points. Was a stud, man. Uh, I was listening to the Fantasy Footballers podcast this morning. They said, man, just how crazy would it be if Miami drafted Justin Herbert instead of Tua? That'd be nuts. Uh, Then you had Alvin Kamara with 29 fantasy points. Emmanuel Sanders with 20 fantasy points in another week of two touchdowns. 
Uh, Michael Pittman showing out Monday night and getting 22 fantasy points. Then you had top disappointments for Mendel McClaw, which honestly there wasn't many at all. You had TJ Hawkinson with only four fantasy points. And Stephon Diggs with nine. That was really the only downsides of his lineup. Uh, top performance for Doomsday Device was Mark Andrews with 41 fantasy points. Cortland Sutton with 25 fantasy points. And Cooper Cut with 16 fantasy points. However, top disappointments for Doomsday Device kind of hurt him because of some injuries. You had Kenny Galladay, who had zero fantasy points for the week after he left the game with a hyperextended knee injury. You had Saquon Barkley with point nine. Fantasy points. That is not nine fantasy points. That is point nine fantasy points. After he suffered an ankle sprain and is out for the next two to four weeks, is what I'm saying. Then he had Robbie Anderson with only five fantasy points. The winner of the bet in the matchup was the one and only Manable Claw. He destroyed Doomsday Device with a score of 190 to 113. <coughs> so Manable Claw moves to three and two and faces Landon's Diamond Cutter next week. The team formerly known as Doomsday Device falls to one and four, <clears throat> gets renamed to Rikishi's finisher, Stink Face. If you don't know what that is, YouTube it. That's very embarrassing. And faces Hitman's Sharpshooter in week six. So, <clears throat> what did y'all think about this bet this past week? And I thought it was pretty neat. I think I was uh, probably instigating it a little bit, uh, trying, trying to keep it going. Uh, but, but, you know, stuff like that, it spices up the leak. And, uh, and I, I think, like I said, it, it turned, it turned out for the best, uh, with, with Ben, you know, putting up the, putting up the bet and then end up having to eat his words and rebrand his team for the, for the second time to stink face. What do you think about it, Robbie? Uh, yeah, I, I like the bet. It, uh, it added a lot of flavor to the, you know, the bottom guys down there. I don't really pay no attention to the guys at the bottom much, but, that was kind of interesting. I like that. I like the hair versus hair idea, also, uh, PJ. All right, man. So look, let me give let me give my three point my three point debate real quick. So if you guys don't know, uh, me and Robbie face each other this coming up week, and what Robbie recommended was a hair versus hair matchup. Uh, my only issue is is that if you took all nine of our other members and put all their hair together, you still wouldn't even have half of what I got. Uh, I so, wanna, so we could we could do the beard versus beard. You get to you get to cut you know, tell the other person how to how to shape their beard. Like I could do the Wolverine straight down the middle. Or let's mm. say this. Let's let's say this, Robbie. I'm mm. proposal. Okay, you're here, here's my view on it. You're gonna win <laughs> this matchup. <laughs> I've already looked at the matchup. You're gonna win this matchup. So whatever we say is I'm screwed. So go for it. What do you want? <laughs> Do I let's let's say this our second matchup of the year if if we have a second one. Uh, let's do let's do a mustache versus mustache and so uh, loser so leave the beard no 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 opposite sorry loser loser ends up having to rock a mustache lose the beard just the mustache for like two weeks oh I like that yeah I'm down Bet. totally down all right so we're gonna do that second matchup now that's coming up week. But we'll do it. We'll do it with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it here. We'll, no, no. Robbie said I'm going to win. I'm just trying to make it fair. <laughs> oh, man. And plus, that would give me time to let Dalvin Cook get back from his uh, ankle sprain a little bit. That's better than my idea. I was going to say eyebrows. Oh, God, no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is my hair kind of covers up my eyebrows sometimes. So, I mean, 
so I wanted to give a break uh, in the podcast real quick, and we just wanted to kind of have a little fun segment here, something a little bit different, you know, kind of give the listeners a break from all the fancy football jargon and stuff like that, even though you are listening to a fancy football podcast, we'll get over it. Um, but basically, what we, what we decided on doing this week was a best movie locker room speech. Uh, you know, it's kind of this thing where in sports movies, you have uh, one team getting beat at halftime, and you have this coach come in, say these cool words and encouraging words and uh, gets you pumped up. For, like even in the audience, man, you know, you kind of feel that that adrenaline coming back. And then they go out there and they start doing great. Uh, you got movies. It's like uh, you got funny takes on this. Like, have you ever watched the movie The Comebacks? Yeah, yeah I don't think so. The Comebacks is basically just a parody movie of all the sports movies. And the guy goes in there at halftime while they're getting beat, and he just starts looking around and starts, like, taking things that he sees and freestyling them into the halftime thing. So he sees, like, a, a tube of Preparation H, and he's like, you know, guys, we got to be um, um, prepared for the the gain that we're about to go out there and demolish and just do stuff like that. Uh, but anyways, what we wanted to do is uh, we actually asked some people on Facebook what their favorite uh, pregame or halftime uh, locker room speeches work and then what we're going to do is just talk about our three favorite ones uh, if you got some quotes you can share those if not you can just talk about it and then we'll uh, after each person let's kind of rank this movie on far as where we where we view it as as either a top football movie or whatever sport it is so marcus what was your best movie locker room speech so if if you're sitting there and and you hear uh this guy get started it's it's uh varsity blues jonathan moxon and and he he comes in after they've done run the coach off. You know they've sent Kilmer packing, and and he says, you know, he says Kilmer said forty eight minutes for the next forty eight years of your life. But I say forget that. He doesn't say forget that. But uh, he says let's go out there and let's play the next twenty four minutes for the next twenty four minutes and uh, leave it all out on the field. And he goes on to to say that's heroic. You guys want to be heroes, man? That gets you pumped up. Like you know, I, I feel like just watching that movie, you know, you ready to jump up and, and run through something. Uh, but like I said, they had fired their, their coach and that dude was a goober. <laughs> uh, but you're in a spot you shouldn't be. You're starting quarterbacks towards ACL. Now you're the backup who nobody thought was good enough. Uh, you know, you, you stand up to the mean old coach who's, you know, doing some pretty horrible things to the players and, uh, you know, you've run him off and it's time to go back out and play another half of football. Uh, and, and man, it, it just gets you pumped. Uh, I love the movie. Uh, it's got, uh, uh, Lance is, is played by Paul Walker. Who's one of my favorite actors, but they go out, you know, and the, of course they run the hook and ladder to, to Billy Bob to, to win the game. But man, that speech is, it just gets you going. Uh, I, I don't recommend watching this unless it's on TBS or something. <laughs> It's probably not kid friendly, uh, but anyways, it's uh, get the Foo Fighters music going. Uh, you know, it's a it's a great movie, and I will say, uh, me and BJ talked about this last week, and he said he was going to do something other than what he ends up doing. So, another one of my favorite ones, which I guess would be an honorable mention, is is Al Pacino from Any Given Sunday. That's probably my favorite, but I picked this one where BJ could have that, and then he changed on me. So, hey man, you know my bad. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I agree with you, man. Uh, that honorable mention of any given Sunday, I remember being in high school and actually looking up that uh, that speech like before games and stuff. Um, obviously, we, we, yeah, you know, we would end up getting beat by fifty, but it was still <laughs> it was still nice to hear. 
you know. Uh, as far as varsity blues goes, man, it's probably one of my favorite football movies. I would say top five at least. Um, you know, that's a really good football movies out there. But uh, as far as y'all's y'all's top three favorite football movies, where does Varsity Blue sit in the top ten list? Let's say that. Uh, for me, I'd say it's you know least top three for me. I mean, for sure, you gotta love Billy Bob. Oh man, oh, yeah. He's got a pig named Bacon. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. Tweeter's probably my favorite. Oh man, Tweeter's <laughs> me in high school. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's like for, for sure. yeah. when, when did that movie come out? Oh, oh man, it was like late nineties, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I wasn't married yet. Ninety nine, maybe. Yeah. See, I was I was in high school at the time. Uh I think like in the in the late two thousands, and so for us, you know, we're from Mantachi, and that's a very very small town, and so for it, like we always had that one kid that we nicknamed Tweeter every year, just because the obviously characteristics that were similar to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely my you know top three. That's why I picked it, but it would have to be uh, probably probably remember the Titans, any given Sunday and Varsity Blues, and then of course. Uh, Friday Night Lights would be a be a close four. So speaking of Friday Night Lights, uh, that's actually where my quote is from. Uh, <clears throat> for me, it's probably one of my favorite football movies just because of the cast and the plot and stuff like that. Uh, you got people like Billy Bob Thornton. You got that dude from Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. I don't know his name, but he's in it. Uh, so basically, just some backstory real quick. You got a Texas town with a lot where pretty much their lives revolve around high school football. Uh, these high school kids had the pressure of winning a state championship weigh on them in unhealthy ways. Uh, these football players had to balance their football lives with their drama field lives as a sitcom and movie does. Uh, this movie was also one of the best casts, like I said, I've ever seen. But fast forward to the big game. You know, their whole career came down to this last game uh, where it was all on the line. Uh, could they live up to their expectations while facing the toughest team in the state of Texas, which is known as like, the football capital of the, of the nation? Uh, so basically, I'm just going to read a couple of lines from Billy Bob Thornton here at the halftime speech. Uh, they're down against this Goliath team. I think it was actually named Carter or something like that. And uh, Billy Bob Thornton comes in. He says this. Well, he says it's real simple. You got two more quarters, and that's it. Now, most of you have been playing this game for 10 years, and you got two more quarters. And after that, most of you will never play this game again as long as you live. Now, y'all know me for a while, and for a long time, you've been hearing me talk about being perfect. Well, I want you to understand something. To me, being poor, perfect – it's not about that scoreboard out there. It's not about winning. It's about you and your relationship to yourself and your family and your friends. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is that you did everything that you could. There wasn't one more thing that you could have done. Can you live in that moment as best you can with clear eyes and love in your heart, with joy in your heart? If you can do that, gentlemen, then you're perfect. I want you to take a moment and I want you to look each other in the eyes. I want you to put each other in your hearts forever because forever is about to happen here in just a few minutes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about Booby Miles, who is your brother, and he would die to be out there on this field with you tonight. And I want you to put that in your hearts. It says, boys, my heart is full. My heart's full. And then he says, Ivory, which is like the preacher guy in the high school. And he, uh, they start off by saying the Lord's Prayer and then they go out there and have one of the most heartbreaking defeats that I've ever seen in a football movie. Uh, the first time I watched that movie, I've never been more ticked off at a movie and how it ended. Uh, but man, that speech right there, though, it's one of those things where I can't deliver that speech as good as Billy Bob Thornton did. 
but man, it's, it was awesome. I enjoyed it. Uh, what's y'all's take on Friday Night Lights as far as football movies go? Man, if you want to win, put Booby in. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> that was actually the name of one of my fantasy football leagues a couple of years ago. Uh, I was trying to oh, think of something to name it. I was like, if you want to win, put Booby in. They, they would have they won that state championship Booby Miles is still healthy. No doubt. All right, Robbie, what's your, what's your locker room speech, your favorite one, or pregame? Um, yeah, mine, uh, we are Marshall. You know, it's, it's like you said about Friday Night Lights, the cast, and it's amazing. You know, got mm-hmm. McConaughey and all them. And the fact that it was driven around a true story or, you know, everybody knows the plane crash. I think 70-something passed away on the plane crash. But when he's in the cemetery before that first win, uh, what is it the uh, the six that were burned so bad they couldn't be identified or whatever? It was like a monument to them, and the speech he gave after that, it just uh, it really hit home with me, and uh, that's one of my favorite scenes in a in a movie, not just a sports movie, but a movie. And the yeah. way McConaughey played, you know, Coach uh, Langell, it was like spot on. If you look Jack Langell up on YouTube or something, it's like. I mean, you can't tell them apart. So that, that's the thing about McConaughey, man. That dude, when he plays a part, he studies, and and he, like you said, he nailed that. But yeah. the way he talks, which he does the, I think it's the Lincoln commercials, man. That dude can read the phone book, and he just he's he's got that voice. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's dude. That's that's something about like them. Uh, those football movies that are based on true stories, they have like a lot of a lot of good content in them. Uh, yeah, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Invincible, the uh, yeah. one of the Vince Campale's uh, story or whatnot. That's one of my favorite football movies. It ain't got no halftime speech in it or whatnot, but uh, right. you know, movies that are based on stuff like that, I enjoy. Yeah, that's a good one. My honorable mention would probably be the replacements. You know, when, yeah. they're, when they're in the jail and the team comes together and they're dancing to the uh, "I Will Survive" song. Yeah, that's yeah. Probably one of my, yeah. What's uh, what's the receiver's name? We. They, uh, I can't think. He puts uh, puts the junk all over his hands. Oh, the stick him! <laughs> yeah, he can't, he can't, he can't the catch ball. the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. I love that. Uh, movie. I like anything that that uh, Keanu Reeves makes. Point Break. I, uh, that's, yeah. I tell people that's one of my favorite football movies. Not like, it's not about football. I was like, well, it is in a way. Yeah, they throw a football. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a college quarterback towards ACL. <laughs> Uh, I will say this and with some honorable mentions that we got on our Facebook comments. Uh, you had uh, the Christian football movie facing the Giants. You had uh, Remember the Titans, which is actually a really, really good halftime speech. Uh, talking about the, the, what is it, the, the heart of a man or something like that. Yeah, uh, come together. Yeah, I'm talking about how they, uh, they uh, expect perfection and stuff like that. Uh, let's see, what's some other ones that were brought up? I think somebody made a joke that said Hoosiers uh, about a small town that, that ended up going to the championship. The uh, miracle. I don't know if anybody. I think somebody said that, but you know that's that's probably ranked the best speech from a sports movie all time. Was about was the, that, that was U.S. Hockey, hockey. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have y'all seen the, Kirk, the the program football movie? Adam talks it, yeah. about that all the time, and I've that's, never seen it. That's one of my favorites, only because the opening scene they kicked the crap out of Mississippi State. <laughs> I need to watch that. <laughs> yes, you do. At least the first five minutes. <laughs> Marcus going to look YouTube real quick. Yep. Before, <laughs> before I go to bed. 
Uh, some other mentions, I know Adam, who's in our uh, Dynasty League, he mentioned uh, the Little Giants and about that one time that his brother beat his brother or something like that. Uh, I know some of my personal favorite ones that were honorable mentions, uh, Mighty Ducks too. that's a weird one. Uh, but whenever they get up and start talking about, like, they say their name and where they're from and coming together as a Mighty Ducks, I thought that was cool. Uh, you got the Water Boy was mentioned. Uh, <laughs> about y'all remember that time, Bob Chamber number, 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 and then he walks in. Uh, so, like I said, guys, we just want to give y'all a break uh, from the, you know, the information overload and stuff like that. Just talk about some fun stuff. And so, what we'll do is that we will jump into our week six must start, must sits. Marcus, who's your must start of the week? Uh, this week, I went with Hunter Henry. Uh, I think he's becoming one of Mac Jones' favorite places to look, especially in the red zone. Uh, and tied in is a hard spot to feel, especially with this coming up week. I think you got Atlanta and San Francisco on by some pits and Kittle, which, of course, Kittle's dealing with an injury. Uh, but you should start Hunter Henry. I think he'll produce. Uh, Cowboys are usually pretty weak against the tight end uh, when it comes to fantasy point scoring. Uh, they give up a lot of points. Uh, I think, uh, like I say, Hunter Henry's probably uh, probably a good place to look. Who you and got, I think, BJ? I oh, think with uh, – well, Hunter Henry as well. Uh, Johnny Smith has actually been doing okay. Uh, yeah. But if you are in a weak league to where people don't really play the waiver wire and stuff like that, it's kind of a side comment. Be looking for Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. Uh, those two guys, they've been showing out here lately. Uh, but anyways, my must start of the week. Hopefully I hit on this one, maybe. Uh, but if you're needing some running back help this season, which honestly a lot of people are, you got a lot of injuries that's happened this past year, past week. Uh, plug Damian Williams of the Chicago Bears in your lineup in the week six matchup against Green Bay. Now, the Packers defense has given up an average of 16.6 fantasy points to opposing running backs. With David Montgomery going down last week with a knee injury, who's actually out for the next three or four weeks. Montgomery, uh, no, wait, uh, Damian Williams has actually come out the past two weeks with an average of 60 rushing yards, one touchdown, and 15 and a half fantasy points. Also, Chicago is probably going to end up relying on that running game a lot more with rookie Justin Fields at quarterback uh, for the remainder of the season. And so all those things line up to a high-floor RB2 play of Damian Williams this week. Uh, kind of a little honorable mention here as well. If you can't get Damian Williams, go after his uh, kinfolk, Daryl Williams. And uh, he's going to be filling in for CEH over the next couple weeks too. Uh, so, Robbie, who's your must-start of the week, man? Well, I was going to go with a, a wide receiver with the Panthers, but after looking at the schedule a little harder, I think I'm on, if you're in a super flex league, thinking uh, Heineke against the Chiefs, the dude is, uh, it's going to be a high scoring game. I think, I think Mahomes has come, come out slinging and they're going to have to keep up with him. So I think Heineke's going to uh, have a bounce back game this week too, against a weak Chiefs defense. Yeah, I agree with that. He's going to throw, like... <clears throat> gonna throw Gibson the ball a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to throw to somebody, right? What, Thomas right. is hurt? Samuel's hurt? Everybody's yeah. hurt. Scary Terry and Gibson, that's about it. <clears throat> uh, Marcus, who's your most hit of the week? Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and all I need to say is, did you watch Buffalo uh, last week against Mahomes? Need I say more? But Buffalo's defense is stacked. Uh, Tannehill's kind of been struggling a little bit uh, with Julio Jones out. A.J. Brown not all the way healthy. Uh, it's a Monday night matchup, and Buffalo looks like the team to beat in the entire league uh, this year. So unless your backup is David Mills or you're in a super flex league, put Tannehill on the bench. 
Yeah, Tennessee. Uh, man, I expected a really, really big year from Tannehill, and uh, he ain't really hitting right now. But I, I get it though. Uh, so my must see it. I hope I don't go wrong with this one like I have for the past four weeks. Uh, I'm going to say sit the New York Giants offense. It's kind of hard to go wrong there, uh, especially if Saquon, Danny Dimes, and Kenny Galladay are all out. Uh, the Giants play against the Rams at home next week. However, with Daniel Jones being put in concussion protocol, Saquon Barkley going down with an ankle sprain, and Kenny Galladay hyperextending his ankle, I'm looking at sitting all other options in this game. If somehow one of those three offensive weapons are able to play next week, I'd be tempted to start them. But honestly, I'm probably going to end up looking somewhere else if I got the depth. Uh, so, Robbie, who's your must sit this week? Uh, it pains me to say it, but I got to go with Tyler Lockett against the Steelers. He's got Geno at quarterback with Wilson down, and Lockett's their deep threat. I don't, I don't think Smith can air the ball out to Lockett. If you got Metcalf, I think he'll still be okay, but they're going to have to throw it because Carson's hurt too. But uh, I just don't see Lockett getting the ball a lot. I might, it might be a ten to seven game the way Ben's throwing on the other side too. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like Big Ben. Uh, you got Tom Brady, who's old and who has kept himself in shape by like doing the vegan diet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has been out there eating cheeseburgers and oh, just, just stumbling with his uh, Medicare and Medicaid and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he he actually come out and said that he was dieting like at the beginning of the season, and from the way he plays, he needs to go back to eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> and I hadn't. To, to go along with BJ's uh, must sit, that's unless you're in like a celebrity boxing match and then you'll put Tony in. Uh, Kadarius Tony, oh, I mean, he's got a mean right hook. I saw that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think fighting in football games is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, if you well, can – who who was that? Was it Andre Johnson and uh, – God, who was that Who was that cornerback that he fought? Uh, uh, the guy from the Titans. Uh, yeah, light-skinned guy. Uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a weird name. I don't remember. Uh, but, man, like, unless you're smart like Andre Johnson and take the dude's helmet off, then hit him, like, cool. But if he's got a protective gear on his head, it's probably uh, Finnegan. Finnegan. Yeah, Finnegan. Yeah, Finnegan. Yeah, Finnegan. Yeah. Or, or uh, do, like, uh, uh, what's his name from the Browns, take their helmet off and hit him with it. <laughs> oh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. The Garrett, yeah. He made a meme out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That dude uh, will never, never to start in the NFL again. He's done. All right, guys. So as we end up closing out this episode, Robbie, I want to give you the floor real quick, man. Uh, like I said, we got a home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom. So take a little bit of time real quick. Again, got to be long if you don't want to be long. But what's a message right now? What's your, like, this is your platform, man. What, what do you want to say to the guys at Legion of Doom? Uh, to the guys of Legion of Doom. Well, one thing I would love to see is you guys stop rejecting trades and send a counter offer. <laughs> if you don't like the trade, you know, send a counter offer. Uh, you know, I might be the, the the best fantasy football player in the world, but I'm not trying to get over on you every time I try to send you a trade. <laughs> Adam, Adam Grill. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, other than that, yeah, just uh, the chat's been fun. I don't know a lot of these guys. I know you two, and I think I know, like, two other guys in there, but it seems like a cool group of people, and uh, 
I'm definitely going to try to get to your church sooner or later. You know, this new job, I'm working a lot of Sundays right now, but I'm going to try to get over there and maybe I can get into this trade loop. I got to, I got to trade Marcus right now. because He's the only person that really knows me. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like there's a couple of teams that look good that, you know, just scrolling through it. But like I said before, you know, if you're in a race, you don't look behind you. And right now I'm at the top, so I don't really pay no attention to what's happening down there. But uh, I think this uh, this league pays out more than first place. So y'all still y'all still got something to play for. So keep your head up. That that being said, Robbie, you at the you at the top, so you gotta you know this is a wrestling uh, wrestling based league. So we gotta strap you up, man. We gotta we gotta get a belt, one of the championship belts for this league. Oh man, uh, yeah, my wall, dude. This I don't know if I got room for a belt. Can we do like a you know? Something else. <laughs> get, get, we'll get you a, get you a crown. Uh, like yeah. Jerry, Jerry there, Lawler. There we go. You know, something. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I had a, a camera where y'all could see it, but behind me right now, I think I got 23 fantasy football trophies. It's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to talk about the for, for just a second, the one league you're in. What was you telling me the entry is in that league? Oh, my wife might listen to this, bro. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot. Uh, I'm in a few, so I don't, I don't know which I one. Think- I know this is the least amount I play for in this league, but I've, I've, I've noticed that the least money you play for, the more trash talk it is. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. in a, I'm in a couple of these, you know, 200, 500 bucks or whatever. Entry. I think it's a $500 league you was yeah. telling me about. I was but, like, man. Like, you go into that lobby and you don't even know there's other people there. You know, they're, they're so tight lipped. They don't want to give anything away or, you know, yeah. you know, a little secret they might have on their mind or something. But yeah, the, the, the cheaper leagues are a lot more fun. So then in our draft, man, Ben, who's in this league with us, uh, stink face, he, he comes in with computers and briefcases. And man, that <laughs> dude, he's, he looks like a commissioner of, of, you know, one of the NFL teams. Ben is, is set up. <laughs> man, I had a, uh, a live draft down in Columbus. Uh, I'm still in that league, but this was two or three years ago. And they come down to the last couple of, picks and the rounds or whatever and we're going through it and uh, everybody's ready to go we've been in there like six seven hours or whatever and i think it was clayton nash was going to pick a kicker and he spent 30 to 40 minutes looking up stats on this kicker <laughs> and we were all just ready to fight by the time we got out of there but he wound up picking a kicker that wasn't even on the team he was injured so after he spent all that time looking up stats that just proves Fantasy football, don't overthink it. Just hey, you know, yeah. He should have took Mason Crosby. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot. I forgot who he took. It was it was so crazy. That's the thing, man. Like honestly, fantasy football is just a game of chance. If you're, if that's you're it. All, yeah. I mean, you look you look at people like Cordero Patterson, Debo Samuel, the people that's like at the top of the list right now as far as stats and stuff goes. Like that, those names were never circled on anybody's cheat sheet as oh, I'm drafting them in round two, round three, stuff like that. And so, no. man, it's just it's just who hits and who don't. Yeah, that, and you know, I drive for a living. So, like, I just drove to Massachusetts uh, a couple weeks ago. And I just got back from uh, I don't even remember where I was. Somewhere up north, New York, close to Maryland. That's where I was, Maryland. Anyway, I listened to Fantasy Football Radio on Sirius like eight hours a day. You know, but 
those guys don't know no more than we do. You know, I listen to them to see news and opinions, but I always add my opinion into it whenever I'm making a move. So any expert just don't go straight by their stuff because exactly. they mess up just like we do. I think Adam Schefter, he probably misses more than anybody I know. And that dude's getting paid <laughs> millions of dollars by ESPN to tell you who to draft. Yeah, yeah, true. They're getting paid for their personality, pretty much. That's it. I will say this, though, Robbie, man. Number one, you know exactly what you're doing when it comes to fantasy football because the Dynasty League that you started, it's a Superflex League, you actually came up with your own cheat sheet. You sent a picture of your cheat sheet in. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this, you had Jamar Chase ranked as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver before anybody else that I've heard of. And that is, that is paying well, off that, right now. That, that's when everybody else was talking about him dropping the ball and he couldn't catch. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was, you know, panicking over his little preseason. But, I mean, like I said before, it's preseason, man. Those games don't count. He's out there getting rips. That's all that is. Yep. All right, guys. So, uh, once again, thank y'all for y'all support this past week. We want to thank you for Robbie for joining us tonight, today, whatever day it is you're listening. Uh, <clears throat> but through you guys' support and stuff, we were able to grow our audience and hope you have as much fun taking a break from your everyday life and listening to this podcast as we do. Follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends of Dynasty Podcast and Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. You can give us an honest and genuine five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you so choose. We look forward to continuing these episodes and putting out some good quality content. You guys got anything else y'all want to say before we close out? Man, no. See y'all next week. Uh, go Hawks. Nice. Rose Hyde. See you. <laughs>